listening to On The Road with Mike and Andy, Australia's number one weekly podcast made for Aussie truckies by Aussie truckies, here to bring an independent voice to truckies right round Australia. On The Road is proudly brought to you by NTI, Australia's leading transport and logistics insurer. Visit the website at nti.com.au. And Queensland Rail, committed to improving safety through engineering, innovation and education. Go to www.qr.com.au. G'day and welcome to episode 104 of On The Road, Australia's number one trucking podcast. This week our focus turns to the outback and Alice Springs to be precise with Mike recording lots of fascinating audio grabs from around the Aussie Trucking Hall of Fame, with a host of industry folk there for the annual festivities. We caught up again with our mate Jason from the brilliant Aussie band Darlinghurst and find out what they've been up to over the past year or so. We've also got their brand new single for you. Later in the show, there's more great music with the new track called 1994 from the Aussie band Halfway. As always, we've got all the latest from the On The Road newsroom, thanks to Big Wigs magazine, and a full wrap on the Alice Springs festivities from Mike in something to talk about later on. Time to kick off, so... Time you run! Let's get this show on the road! Yes, get on with it! G'day, I'm Yogi from Outback Chuckers, and when I'm on the road, we're always on the road doing stuff out on the road, but when we're on the road, we're listening to the big rigs on the road. <laughs> this is Simon Smith here from the Australian Big Rig Radio Roadshow.com. Truck and radio is what we do across Australia 24 7. Loads of truck and classics every hour. If you'd like to drop us a line, love to hear from you at some stage. Our email address, bigrigradio at yahoo.com.au. Catch it down the road and take it steady out there. The Australian Big Rig Radio Roadshow.com. Every now and again, Mike goes walkabout, puts on his best safari suit, arms himself with his roving microphone and goes in search of a hotspot where something's happening of interest to anyone and everyone that's associated with the road transport industry. This week, he's travelled far afield and flown into Alice Springs to the great annual meetup at the Hall of Fame. Here are just some of the unsuspecting folk he bailed up and put on the spot with his captivating charm and incisive interviewing technique. the uh, Road Transport Hall of Fame in Alice Springs and I've managed to find Nick Pruce, he's the CEO and he's going to give me his full title at the moment because I can't remember what it was, everyone knows what I'm like with titles and we're going to find out what's going on here this weekend, what Nick's had to do, what the state of play is now and hopefully a bit of a scoop for what's going on in the future. Nick, welcome to the show mate, how are you? Very well, thank you. All right, now what's your full title again? (laughs) CEO. Oh, you know, the the guys which technically responsible for everything and (laughs) practically 
Yeah, that's but that's it's the historical society or something, isn't it? Well, there, there always was the, the actual legal name of the association that yeah. manages the place is Road Transport Historical Society Incorporated, yeah. Yeah. and that incorporates, of course, the Road Transport Hall of Fame, yes, the Ghana Preservation Society. Also, now we houses the military uh, museum of the RSL local sub branch, yes. Then what else? That's about it, what we've got at this moment. Right. Well, I've been wandering around today and I'm looking at the preparations for the inductees for the Shell Rimula Wall of Fame this weekend. This is the first time this has been on for the last couple of years because of the COVID restrictions that we yeah, had. Yeah, we had one last year. Did you have one last year? It was on a lower scale. Again, we only had about 100 visitors because right. of COVID. Yeah. And much sort of on a smaller, much smaller, smaller scale yeah. than we've got now. But yeah, we did have one. It went well, no mm. issues, uh, but corrected, the then. numbers, you yeah. know, we, we're looking at four times as many this year. So. Yeah, I stand corrected. Unfortunately, COVID, the last one was 2019, then nothing in 2020, of yeah. course, and then 21, we had the small one, now is the bigger one, and then 2025, when we'll have the really large one, we hope so. <laughs> large one, that's... Talking about having the parade again, aren't Parade we? is an issue. Uh, it's a mostly issue with the Transport Authority and the police, but we can overcome this if we get enough volunteers. Yeah. Uh, the parade that was run here a few years back apparently locked the town for half a day, and the <laughs> Transport Authority and the police is not happy about it. Yeah. So, you know, I can understand the day point, the point of view. We would love to run it, and we will run it if we have enough people to help us. Well, that's been an issue here and in any other museum and places around Australia that function on volunteer workers. Mm. Volunteers are pretty thin on the ground these days, aren't they? Correct. Um, Just give you an example. Last year we had 28. Yes. I think I'm down to about 10, 11, 12. They're doing great. I mean, they're doing a fantastic job. And then because... Those people love this place yeah. and automatically we do get a lot of time out of them and a lot of love and a lot yeah. of dedication. So um, Walking around the displays today and seeing a lot of the old trucks and things, it doesn't look like it's in too bad a shape, this place. It, well, you're doing well. You're doing oh, very well. Okay. But you said that you've got some plans, you want to sort of make some improvements and turn it into what it yeah. should be. You said to me just there before, mate, what should it be? Well, it should be a much bigger place than it is. I think mm. it can house more trucks, definitely. Yep. Yep. For that, we need, of course, um, infrastructure. Yeah. And, and as I um, think quite a few people know, and definitely you know yourself, there was no investments here in infrastructure for a number of years. Yes. I'm not going to go into details. Well, about. we don't need to. So that's what sort of is slowing us down. Yeah. Um, and I spent $145,000 last financial year on just repairing things. Yes, yeah. So that just gives you a scope, that without building anything, just fixing it. Just fixing it. And we need to do some more to preserve some of the history. Yeah. And that's something that it's really close to my heart. I mean, as I said to you, I have driven a truck, so yeah. I do understand what goes behind it yeah. uh, and uh, the sacrifices. And what I'd love to see is this place to, it was, and it should continue to being a place that honours truck drivers yeah. and also educates the public what it takes to be a truck driver. Yeah. You know, all the sacrifices and everything that, you know, all the time away from family, 
and we should continue on that path. The Hall of Fame is one of the areas that we will grow. Um, one of the plans is because we've run out of wall space now this yeah. year. Yeah. So one of the we are looking at um, either building a separate hall just for the Hall of Fame, or changing our display so we can continue with that. That yeah. will never. Well, never. As long as I'm here, we will always have the Hall of Fame and we'll always induct drivers or people within the transport industry into a Hall of Fame. They need recognition. They need to have a place that people see what they've done. Yeah. So that will continue. The Memorial Pond, I don't know if you noticed, we have um, fixed it. I did, yeah. And then that's going to continue as well. I think the last person that we had, Ashes, spread it away was about 12 months ago yeah so that again something that will stay there yeah what we've done with it is just more practical yeah and uh, in our long-term solution as it yeah. is um, the rest of it uh, we definitely need more halls we definitely need more sheds we have managed to legalize some of the landing agreements we had with the government yeah so that also will help in the next year our development plans and yeah, the future is, is really bright. I'm really, really happy with the way the government worked with us. Yes. Uh, we got a bit of money from the government in terms of grants for in the last financial years. And um, I can see the actual support. I mean, you know, like any government, I'm not a sort of, a, I'm not gonna go who I actually support or not. But <laughs> I have to say that this administration, at least in Alice Springs, been really behind us. Yeah. Since, um, since I've been here, what, 16 months now? Yeah. Uh, 18 months. I could see the, that they are really trying to help us out. And almost yeah. anything we ask for, sooner or later gets delivered. Or, you know, whenever that support or, I'll give you an example, I applied for a liquor license 12 months ago yeah. and couldn't ask for more support to get it. So we do have a full liquor license now. Well, wonderful. So yeah. we can run the Stewart's Kitchen as a dining place, yeah. um, hopefully next month. That sounds great. That's so, awesome. Yeah. It's still a lot of stuff that needs to be fixed, but yeah. a lot of that, I guess, will be focusing in the next 12 months' yeah. time. But operationally step by step step by step yeah. i could see how we changing the place it's yeah. not going to be overnight as i said to you earlier i'm expecting maybe within five years this place will be what it should be when it was started yeah a few years back well i'm looking forward to seeing that and we'll be keeping our eye on it now it's not just the road transport hall of fame here it's all about the garn as well yes that's so, one large chunk of our, of our display and as you i don't know if you noticed but we added carriages yeah we'll I saw renovate that. one <laughs> carriage yeah, yeah we've renovating the rest of it we've cleaned up all the sheds and our dream is to still run the, the old gun but yeah it's a long way off not within five years. Yeah, yeah. Because the only way to do this would be to actually build a new station on the other side of the Stewart's Highway. Yeah. And then run it to Yuaninga for that 30 kilometers. Yeah. Two million? Yeah. You have much left, maybe more. Well, to yeah. get that going. But there then, are a few philanthropists out there, there a couple are, of million are. dollars might be. Yeah, but if that happened, then that would again change the way we operate. Yeah. But, so there is a dreams that we do have. Uh, one of them is renovate the W, the big black locomotive. I had a quote of $35,000 to get it just painted. Oh, wow. Which will happen. Probably as early as February we'll have that done. Yeah. But I don't want to do this 
till I have the money to build a canopy on top of it. So yeah, of course. Stays out of a yeah, pointless. Out of the sun, pointless. Otherwise, yeah, 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 it will the same thing happen. Yeah, you know, so, yeah. And keeping it at the back in the shed, you're taking away from the public. The reason we brought it here at the front to start the fundraiser. Yeah. Come on, you see this? Yeah. Your ten dollars will help to get this renovated and yeah. build a canopy over it. Yeah. So, apart from that, well. As you've seen, we've changed the way the museum yeah, runs, yes. the coffee shop, yeah. which is day-to-day. What we're seeing also, which is starting happening over the next, probably last three, four months, I think people start believing it yes. again, that we're not going to go under or we're not going to close or the government's going to step in or whatever else that rumors fly. I will be unveiling six new acquisitions tomorrow. Tomorrow. And plus the number of smaller things that we got. Yeah. So um, we've got two trucks on its way, one from Western Australia, one from South Australia. Yeah. Two are already at the back. I saw those. Yeah. I saw those earlier. Beautiful. And then Mac arrived yesterday. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, we will be unveiling those. The problem is sheds. Sheds. <laughs> Undercover. Well, you, so that, we'll be squashing those together. And yeah. then, you know, that's going to be a big headache next yeah. week. How are we going to put all this together? Yeah. One of the areas too, we are working with the RSL Museum, yeah. our RSL sub-branch here in Alice Springs, to give them home, because they sort of were homeless for a number of years, about four or five. And that, again, one of the plans is to look at the government grant that they will apply for to build a shed for their display. Yeah. So what do you have temporarily? It's just so public can see it. Again, honoring vets yeah um, and and also that brings again a percentage of people that don't care about trucks or, yeah. or, or trains but yeah. they are vets so they yeah. want to have a look at that and it's a very very interesting display what they've got up there so yeah. a lot of work but it's basics it's yeah. cleaning up setting up the uh, operation um, as you mentioned earlier there, there was a huge huge issue with volunteers and then that us everybody in town yeah. every organization not I guess not only in Alice yeah. got a problem with the volunteers when you look at it my volunteers they I think all of all of them are over 70 72 wow. 73 yeah. so maybe I'll get two three four five I hope ten years out of them but what's next yeah. the new generation is just not coming the, the yeah. 67 year old <laughs> retirees are you know we don't see them yeah but the profile I've put in, it does not rely that much on the volunteers. Yeah. So we're actually building a proper museum with employees and structure and yeah. everything else that continues. You see, we'll see the sort of a steady growth. I don't want to sort of go like that, just yeah. steady. Yeah. So what we've done now, it's something to organize so it looks more like a museum. So it's organized sort of as a team. So you yeah. put all the cars together, all the trucks. The next stage will be to actually sit down and say, all right, well, we've got this, we've got that, we've got this, we've got this. What are we going to do with it now? Yeah, yeah. You know, how are we going to make this even a better place? The, my aim or my dream is to make this place into a venue that when you come to Ali Springs, you have to see it. Yes. You ask anyone, I'm going to Ali Springs, oh, you must go there. Yeah. You must see this. Whatever we name this, whatever we keep as a road transport hall of fame or uh, there'll be a different you know brand that that goes after it and the hall of fame is only part of it that's not you know yeah. something that 
it will be decided in the next couple of years. Yeah. Uh, because Hall of Fame, as important it is, it's not only... There's more to it. We have, we have in order to preserve that bit, we've got to do well, some we other things. Well, we have to preserve, but you, you have to look at it also that is statistics. Your yeah. generation that supported that is slowly... Well, we're not getting any younger us, old exactly. fellas. It, so, yeah. so we need to look at, OK, well, in three years' time, will I have 100 inductees or will I have mm. the people... You know, so you need to look at, like any other business, we need to evolve. Yeah. Without losing a focus on what's important, which is a Hall of Fame, yeah. we still need to evolve because eventually people say, oh, yeah, same or same or. Yeah. I don't want to look at the same pictures. So yeah. repeat it, bring the town back into. We have a few funny things that we think about it. One of them is to paint on the roof, uh, welcome to Uluru. <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know, will probably make it national news. No, that'd be a joke, yeah, that'd yeah, be great. You know, yeah, yeah. At least people will focus and yeah. more people through the door. Yeah. Because oh, quite a few you talk to, I never heard of it, I never heard of it. Yeah. So as you've seen, we've put a trailer on a corner up yeah. there. Yeah. We pushed one of the wagons all the way to the Stewart Highway and yeah. there'd be a huge banner on that one, so yeah. two and a half kilometres before the turn off yeah but we need to educate everybody who comes in so one of them yes welcome to Uluru something I'm working on and I probably will do it yeah so maybe you'll have just welcome to Uluru and then a smaller one region yeah you know, and 500 kilometers that way <laughs> so, uh, but that's something we almost everybody loves trains yeah. or cars and trucks yeah so if we can get that coming over I mean my wife, you know, trucks, uh, trains, okay. She still loved it. Yeah. But getting her here was a problem. Yeah. So the whole idea <laughs> is to how we got to convince more and more people that visit Alice Springs or even drive through. Yeah. That they need to come and spend a day and have yeah. a look. Numbers wise, we had uh, 15,000 people through the door last financial year. Yeah. Even with the COVID. Yeah. Five and a half thousand actually stayed at our camping grounds. Yeah. So um, the numbers are there yeah. and they're growing. I yeah. can't complain uh, on that. Financially, between 2000, uh, the financial year 1920 and 2122, we have double yeah. our takings. And we double. look like we're going to keep growing, we hope. Yes, seriously, yes. Yeah. I mean, as long as I'm here in this chair, as I said, this is not a job, it's yeah. an adventure. <laughs> Nick, we'll leave it at that, mate. Thank you so Pleasure. much for coming on the show and having a chat with me. I look forward to seeing you over the weekend and finding out who the inductees are. Obviously, by the time the listeners hear this, we'll know who they are and I'll have told everyone. Yep. But, mate, thanks very much. Pleasure. I appreciate the work that you're doing and it's been a great pleasure to meet you. Pleasure. It's all mine. Thanks. Thank you. Take care. I'm at the Road Transport Hall of Fame. I'm like a bloody kid in a lolly shop, standing beside this old International AA150 used to belong to, still belongs to Doug McMillan. Now, some of you will know Doug from his years in transport, also from his time in leadership roles in the industry. And uh, we're going to tell me a bit about this truck, mate. I will. This truck belonged to one of my drivers. Right. Long-term driver. He yeah. worked for us for 12, 14 years. Right, eh? He was a single guy and he, he started, and uh, he was a teacher. All right. Any rate, he used to do part-time at the TAFE College. Yeah. And I get the message that he's tracking one of his students. And I thought, this is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> so I bails him up and I said, am I hearing this story right? Oh, well, yeah, yeah, you are. And I thought, you can't do that, Lenny. You're a teacher. You can't track one of your students. Anyhow, cut a long story short, 
they get going together yeah. and, and she's on a farm. Right. And this truck was on the farm. So he's still hanging around me, working for me and doing whatever. And he says, I want to do that truck up. Yep. Yeah, righto, Lenny. So we go out to the farm and we load it up and bring it into town, into my depot. And of course, Lenny, like a kid in a lolly shop, decides, oh, strip her down. So he strips it down, then loses interest. Right. Yep. <laughs> so it sat in the corner of my shed for probably two years. Yep. Then I thought, the only way I'm going to get this out of here is to do it up. To finish it, finish the and job. Alice Springs was sort of calling for anything that was transport orientated to come here. So we start this never-ending bank account just feeding <laughs> money into this thing. Yep. And it's not in mint condition and never was. It needed a new radiator and we had to do the seat, a new windscreen and uh, anyhow. Cut a long story short, it was just devoured a heap of money. Yep. Then we're getting to the end of it and I kept telling Pam that we were going to drive it over to Alice. Yeah. Well, that really didn't go down too well. And the last part of it was we just made up a tail shaft. Yeah. And, of course, you didn't take it to get it balanced no. or lined or whatever. We just made it. Yeah. Put her in, and I'm taking it over to Wodonga to get the signs put in by Gordon McCracken and drive it over the causeway and the whole truck's shaking and yeah. the floor's shaking. I thought, jeez. Anyway, we, I get over there, we get the lines done and I bring it back and Pam said, how did it go? I said, oh, beautiful. I said, we're <laughs> going to drive this to Alice. That, that made her worse. <laughs> anyway, after about a week, I had to really say to her, um, no, it's going to be loaded and taken yeah. over. Yeah. Which we did. We loaded it up, brought it over here. Yeah. Then it's, it's life has been in here. It's had... Other vehicles sat on the back of it. Yeah. And we used to do what they call the annual five-year street parade. Yeah. So I'd been here 10 years. They ring me up to, are we go, uh, going in the street parade? Yeah, yeah, no worries, yeah. Oh, we'll, we'll be over. So, and we used to come over every year, but yeah. every five years was a reunion. So get over here and I have a look at it. Got no brakes. I said, there's no brakes. Oh, we'll put some brake fluid in it. Anyway, we did that. Had brakes and away we go on the street parade and... Halfway through it, no brakes. No brakes. So we get back and so I then get a full set of wheel cylinders and, and all that. And we come over for the off year, which doesn't have a street parade. And I spent a fair bit of time in the workshop and redone all the brakes. And I thought, oh, she's right now. We had stainless steel sleeves put in all the cylinders so it wouldn't rust. Yep. Anyhow, the next five years, I've got my father, uh, my daughter because Dad went on the wall, but we were already on it. Yeah. And they all come over. So we head out to the street parade and no brakes. No brakes. And they said to me, oh, you've got the handbrake. So as we leave the Hall of Fame here and we had to stop, I pulled the handbrake on and it fell apart. So I thought, well, that's the end of that. Yeah. So we just did the whole, what, 10 kilometres of street parade yeah. with nothing. Yeah. yeah. So we came back. And I'm coming back through the cutting, and if anyone's been to Alice, there's a cutting where the rail and the road link together, and there's people like all along the route. And there's one of my grandkids and Pam and I in the truck. Yeah. And everywhere you go, people are like yelling, "G'day, Pam! G'day, Doug!" You know, I said to Pam at one stage, "Ah, oh, geez, we a lot of people know us up here." Yeah. Anyhow, we hadn't realised that our name was on, on the door. door. Yeah. <laughs> so we're coming back through the cutting. And I, at that stage, I had a falcon ute. And i just come into the cutting, and here's the tail of my ute sticking up, looking at me, the rest of the utes in the Todd River. 
And I'm thinking, oh. And my daughter, who was with my father, jumps onto the running board and she said, Dad, I didn't want to tell you, she said, but Pop thought he was parking there and she said, there was no park. <laughs> so so that's, that's just a story on its own. Anyway, we finished the street parade and we come back to the cutting and, and of course, at that stage, there's cars everywhere. Yeah. And this young bloke comes along and he's in an old Land Rover or whatever, a Land Cruiser. He said, do you want to pull out, mate? Oh, yeah, I do, mate. And we had a chain and we were going to do it all right. He just grabs this snatch block, yeah. hooker on, and he just drives straight across the road in front of everyone and everything stopped. <laughs> and I'm thinking, oh, we're going to get hung here. Yeah. Anyhow... Next thing, ready to go, yep. And we pull out onto the, back up on the land. Yeah. And I thought, well, the front of my ute will be buggered. Yeah. But it had a scratch, wouldn't have been three inches long. Unreal. Not a thing. Only uh, in Alice Springs, mate. Only in Alice Springs. I said to Dad after that, I said, what the hell do you think you were doing? He says, well, there was a park there. No one was parked there, so I thought I would. <laughs> Great story. <laughs> Anyhow, yeah, so this truck has been here. I think it's 25 years now. Right. And to their credit, they've always kept it in the shed. Yeah. And Alice Springs is no rust anyway. Yeah. Each year we, when we come over, we haven't been able to come for, because of, of COVID. Yep. But um, it's here and yeah, and that's the history of it. So. It's beautiful. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that with me, mate. Appreciate it. <laughs> we'll have yeah. to get you on the show for a, another interview about Australian truck and history, mate. Maybe you can share a few stories with us about that. Oh, there's plenty of stories. Like right. I, I should write a book, mate. Maybe of some should. of the things that I... I'm just reading a Joe Hawking book. Well, you get your brother to do it. Now, <laughs> you would want it in my lifetime, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've just given Doug a bit of a stir for those who don't know. Old mate Bob McMillan's up here and they're completely unrelated, but it, it's a funny thing to say. Bob and I, we go back a long, long time. Yeah. He used to write for Owner Driver in those days. Yeah, that's right. Yep. And I used to be a Brisbane runner and we would meet at West Wyalong at the Shell Yeah. and we'd have some heavy discussions. And, like, I didn't agree with a lot of things Bob wanted to do, <laughs> but it didn't matter. Each time we'd, we'd be meeting one another there, that was, yeah. that was the meeting spot. Yeah. And we'd argue and bloody carry on about different things that I was doing that yeah. he didn't like and I didn't like what he was doing. Yep. And yeah, but we've remained good friends ever since. So yeah, we don't, we're not talking every day, but no. we do talk a fair bit yeah. and get along. Yeah. Well, I'm only here because Bob basically threatened, you. threatened me. <laughs> <laughs> Which he does. Yeah. Which he does. Yeah. And I thank him so much and for introducing me to you and Pam and everyone else. It's been a great pleasure. Thanks, yeah. mate. Thanks no for worries. being on the show. Cool. walking around up at the Hall of Fame and I run into these two fellas. There's this beautiful old buddy SAR sitting here. I've taken some photos of it. You'll have to go to Facebook and have a look at the photos. I thought this thing was a brand new legend, right? I thought it was a brand new SAR legend. You look at it, there's not a scratch on it, there's not a mark on it, there's not a stone chip in it. And then I found this bloke, Dwayne Gaffney. Now, Dwayne's telling me that they've just done the complete ground of the bloody top of the stacks resto on the thing and it looks every bit of it mate it's a, it's a bloody credit to you Dwayne welcome to the show mate tell me about this truck oh this SAR we bought what did it be Marcus was it? 2011 I 2011 think. yeah Yeah. just as a bit of a toy right like the boss bought at Mickey's here today never meant to go this far <laughs> nah originally she was TNT quick as there right so day cab real short yeah and then we sort of went to what we do first we airbagged it she still looked ratty, you know. So uh, 
We need to tidy her up. We was too busy, so we got sent to Melbourne. Yeah. Just paint it white. Yeah. Three months. I know how they're going with that truck. Yeah. Mick goes to Melbourne. How he's going with me truck? Can't see it in here. They point it up to the corner. That's her up there. Yeah. She's just chassis rails and the motor. <laughs> Righto. <laughs> so things got a little bit out of hand over the, you know, yeah. the next, what was we, 10 years? Bit Pretty over. much, yeah. Yeah, they pulled every rivet out of the cab and all. We actually walked yep. past on the way in, didn't he? Didn't even yep. recognise it. So. Yeah. 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 So she's had a lot of work. A lot of work. Yeah, she's basically, oh, well, brand new from the bull bar, yeah. car lights, everything, you know. So really the compliance plate's the original bit and that's about it. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, look, Bill, I was having a look in, just I sort of, I climbed up on the step, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had a look and I thought, geez, that's a beautiful interior and the whole thing. I actually thought it was a new one, credit to you. Yeah. So no, look, she's come up really well. Yeah. I remember walking in there a few years ago. Yeah. We all come over to Melbourne and it was just sort of like, we've got to get it done, you know? Yeah, yeah. Walked in and Brad, the diesel mechanic, was with us and we just sort of looked and gone, ah, oh, this is above us, you know? Yeah. We can't, this isn't going to happen. Yeah. But we've got a plan and yeah. every now and again, yeah, we just go back and do more, you know? Yeah. So. Until we got to bring her home, so. So she's an 892 TA, 15 overdrive, and you've ruined the whole fantasy for me there, and you've put some slower diffs in it, some yep. 411s, but... That's right. She would have been a member of the 100 Mile an Hour Club at one stage. Go the photo on the back of the punk. Yeah, that's it. No, it's a bloody beautiful piece of work, mate. So you're up here in Alice with all the rest of us in this beautiful weather for the induction, and well, you brought another truck up as well, did you? Yeah, so we come out with the SAR and the LTL we've got. That's just around the corner there. Yep. So, really, we only come up because we said we'd like to come at some stage and have a look here. You know, it's yeah. been in the plan for quite a few years. And then, so we organised a couple of loads. We bought a Mac up. Yep. An old Mac that's been unveiled today. So, yeah, we were just expecting to park these out the back. Yeah. Come in for a look around, then go home. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, we got here last night. It was, what, half past four or something half we got here? four or five o'clock sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. five o'clock. We ran the side there at the tap. Yep. Washing everything up, so. Yeah. And this other bloke yeah. standing beside, what's your name there, mate? Marcus Linger. Marcus. Yep. So you work for the company as well? Or? Yeah, yeah, my dad owns it, so I've sort of, I grew up in it sort of thing, yeah. so just sort of. You'd have to be proud of this thing, wouldn't you? Pretty happy with it, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, pretty pretty happy to see the way it's come up. Yep. Yeah, it looks pretty good going down the road, I think, so. You're going to yeah. let someone drive it or are you going to have a go yourself? Is that yours? No, Dwayne gets most of the driving of it. He? He, yeah, he put a lot of effort into it, so right. um, he, he drove it most of the way and yeah. and um, I drove the LTL probably the majority of the way up here yeah. and we'll swap and change on the way home and have yeah. a bit of a play and, mm. yeah, we just share it all about, you know, we all have a bit of fun and yeah. that's sort of what this trip's all about. We all just decided we'd come up and have a bit of fun on the way up. Yeah, outstanding. So, Thailand Haulage from Tasmania? Yep. Yep. Are you not in the Highlands, though, are you? We're right at the foot of them. We just <laughs> yeah, right at the foot of the hill, basically. So, yeah, yeah based in Deloraine, which is basically, if you're going up the Highlands, that's where you're going to go. You're going to go through go, Deloraine. You're going to so. go through Deloraine, you do. Yeah. So, this buddy thing here, mate, is what's it going to do? Basically what it's doing now. Well, sit around, do nothing. Sit around, <laughs> look pretty, go up and down the road, have a bit of fun with it every now and again. But, it, yeah, I mean, it, it towed a load most of the way up here. Yeah. Well, it towed that Mac up here. On the way home, it'll get a load of timber. Yeah. Yeah, so when it's out and about, it'll it'll do a little bit, but it's it won't go to work full time, sort of thing. It's yeah. just a bit of a toy we can have a bit of fun with, you know. So yeah, yeah. Uh, look, half your luck, mate. Good on you for doing it and restoring a piece of history. Mm. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for being on the show, guys. Cheers. No, thank you, mate. <laughs> pleasure. 
cut out the swear words? We'll try our best. I'm standing in the, I think it's what's a, what, what, what pavilion is this one? Is this the Shell Rimula Pavilion? No. No, no. We'll call it that. It's, 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 oh, the Hall of Fame Pavilion. Maybe that's why it's got so many Macs in it. Anyway, I'm standing beside a couple of young fellas <laughs> and they've got some stories for me now. I don't know if we should publish their names. Oh, I don't matter. They, these aren't bad stories. But a... This is actually more along the lines of, you know, how Dad said about people helping one another. Yeah. We wouldn't go past a person that's broken down. <laughs> yeah, yep. So, um... What, what, what's your name then, sir? My name's Stu Norton. And my dad's Brian. Brian? Yeah. And uh, he was just coming home from Newmarket one day, and his boss that he worked for at the time never yep. got along with another local contractor. Right. So dad's driving home, and he pulls up behind his boss, yeah. and the other contractor's across the road. Yeah. And he gets out, and he walked up to the truck that his boss was driving, yeah. and he goes, go and see if that bloke's all right. Yeah. And he was broken down. Yeah. But he wouldn't get out of the truck and go and ask him himself, because they didn't get along at all. <laughs> but he would not, not drive... Not at the moment. Next yeah. week, they were mates again, but, but anyway. But he would not drive past him and see him stuck, so... Yeah. In the end, the old man loaded his cattle off the opposition, yeah. turned around and went back to Newmarket where he'd just no, come from. I had to go to the end and I was that load. Either one. Yeah, they're pretty close together. Yeah. Just to make sure that the cattle got to where they were going and, and, and the other bloke never got stuck yeah. on the road. So you'd help each other out in the road, that's what you're saying. That's, no that's exactly right. Yeah. If a bloke broke down... I, I saw a bloke lend a bloke as brand new spare tyre because he'd blown two tyres. One yeah. tyre must have been half flat yeah. and the other one blew out. Yeah. I lent him my spare and that gave him one and this bloke we used to see occasionally because he used to cut livestock for an abattoir in Melbourne and he yeah. used to come to the l- local markets about they were once a fortnight and he used to come up. I didn't know him, I knew the truck pulled up, lent him a brand new spare tyre and he said, I'll be in Loon Gather in a fortnight's time, leave it at Finley's. Yeah, right, eh? You can imagine them doing that now. They well, won't there are blokes out that might, but there aren't very many. No. no it went, I don't kind think of went so. to crap yeah. when you had to start locking your spare wheels on the trailer, didn't it? Didn't yeah. it, didn't it? Yeah. Anyway, great to talk to you guys. Yeah, yeah, no worries. I'll look forward to catching up with you and we'll hear your story in detail <laughs> later on, all right? You've heard it. Oh, no, come on, there's more. Yeah, there'll be a couple more, I reckon. <laughs> You've still got a couple of thousand Ks left in you. He has to have, he's got to get home. <laughs> got to have you. It's a long way from home to Alice Springs, mate. I've just met Jacqueline Brotherton in the flesh. We've spoken on the phone a few times. We're out at the Hall of Fame. Yesterday morning we attended the wonderful Transport Women Australia Limited Breakfast. That's limited with a comma between it, Andy, Okay. And that's an in-joke, Jacqueline, I'll tell you later. <laughs> and we're just halfway through the gala dinner on a Saturday night. We've had the Hall of Fame inductees. It's been an absolutely cracking day, and it's the first chance we've had because we keep getting dragged in separate directions. Jacqueline, how are you? How I'm have well. you enjoyed the weekend? The weekend's been fantastic. A great kick-off yesterday morning with, mm. I think, a record number at the breakfast yesterday morning. Yeah. So that was great and really wonderful morning. The weather was fantastic. It food was. was great and really, really good start to the whole weekend. It was great. It was. Thank you for putting that on. I was told it was going to be one of the highlights of the weekend and it certainly was. Well, we thought so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, had a, I had a great breakfast. It was really, really good. <laughs> it was very, good, very. yeah. So Transport Women Australia have supported this function for quite some time. We've had the breakfast since this induction weekend started, yeah. yes. And you'll be continuing to do it for a while Absolutely. down the track? Absolutely, while ever we're welcome. While ever you're welcome, I think you'll be welcome. For, you keep putting on a breakfast like that, you'll be welcome <laughs> for a long time. We certainly so. hope so. It's nice to have the first function of the weekend as well to it kick is. it off. Yeah. Well, all I can say is well done. Thanks for that. Thank you so much. 
And the day-to-day, -day, the induction ceremony, I think we had a fair few inductees from 2021, 2022. We did, yes, yes. And a few posthumous inductions as well due to the circumstances of the last few years. It has, and that was very emotional for mm, everybody, I think. It was. Very much so. And some surprise nominations as well. Yes. And uh, yes. I thought the quad father, the, uh, the guy that... <laughs> that, was, that was quite amusing. It was, wasn't it? We have an amazing industry that you come up with all these these yeah. amazing nicknames and uh, and things that they call people. It was, yeah, it was no, quite just, funny. just incredible. So we're in the beautiful Kenworth Hall. We're having the uh, the gala dinner. We've had a pretty good serving of various bits of meat and things like that in there. It's been wonderful. The, the food's been great. The music's great. And yeah. I think the fact that you get to catch up with old friends and make new ones is always really yeah. great about anything to do with trucking. I think that's yeah. fantastic. Well, I, I actually had a lady rush up to me and give me a big hug before. I talked to her on the phone like a hundred times. We never met face to face. <laughs> Lindy Annett from Haywood, whose dad was inducted today, and uh, just incredible to meet some of these people that I've spoken to on the phone Absolutely. several times, yeah. and yourself included, of course. So, Transport Women Australia, what's coming up down the track for you? We have our Learning Initiative Breakfast starting again, so they'll be held over the next uh, September, October, over the next few weekends, and then we'll have all of our uh, end-of-year functions. We've got some new initiatives kicking off. Uh, they'll either be later this year or early next year. Our scholarships will be announced very soon, our right. and different scholarships. They'll be coming out as soon as we get the contract signed and I get back. I've had a few issues that I've had to be interstate for. And then our Women Drive Transport Careers will be going national soon as well. Wow. So, which will be so a very busy time coming up for me. A bit coming up. Well, make sure you let me know what's going on and sure. keep the surprise so I can that'd let our great. listeners know what's going on. That'd, that'd be great. Fantastic. Jacqueline, yeah. it's great to meet you personally. Same you know. here. Fantastic. And thank you so much for sparing some time with me. Oh, thanks for the opportunity. Look, we need so to much. go back for dessert. I know. <laughs> Looking Let's forward go. to it. Thank you so much, thank Mike. You. Thank you. It's the end of the week, end of the Hall of Fame, and we're here and we're sitting together, Bob McMillan and myself, and we're having a bit of a reminisce about what we saw out there and uh, reminding ourselves of the fact we stand on the shoulders of giants and the fact that the hall is out there for all of us to enjoy and people should continue to visit it. Mate, how do you think the weekend went? Oh, I thought it went very well, Mike. There's been a lot of hard work put in the background. The presentation, the uh, grounds are in beautiful order and, you know, all the restored and trucks in good condition are all under cover and all look like they've all got the tyres pumped up and <laughs> everything. And uh, there have been difficult times for all sorts of enterprises and individuals and businesses in the last three years. And... Uh, Considering that, the whole place is in good shape and uh, it's an honour to be part of it, to be a, a life member of out there and to know that it's got a strong future and headed in the right direction. Well, Nick Proust said that the administration will be over with by the end of October and that the, the new management team will be in management place. Management committee, I think yeah, they management call it. Committee yes, they're yeah, call it's it. the same as a board. They'll be in place in November. Yes. And I was having a big chat with uh, Nick Lebransky from Shell and he's yes. assured us that Shell are going to maintain their commitment to the project along with you know, the other yeah, sponsors. Yeah, well, all, all the sponsors deserve a big vote of thanks for sticking with the place through thick and thin. Yeah, that's right, they do. And to have that turnout there yesterday, I think it was over 350 people attended the yes, uh, there was. inductions yesterday. That beautiful uh, Gilbert's truck that's just been donated yeah. was a magnificent backdrop. Yeah, it was that. Yeah. And the uh, Lloyd's North Bonnie tribute truck that yes, was brought yeah. up by Highland Haulage Highland from Tassie. Highland Haulage from Tassie, yes. Tassie and, and put there. And, uh, of course, 
at the end of it, as you mentioned to me earlier, what a, what a wonderful touch it was to have that roller door go up and see those four new exhibits sitting there yeah. to be put in the place. Yeah, surprise, surprise. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> yes. So it was a good touch because, you know, in years to come, what'll, you know, will they do the same thing or will they spring another sort of surprise on us? Oh. But the, uh, the thing was the people who donated those new additions to the fleet, to the inventory, if you want, that's what I called it, mm. uh, deserve a big thank you as well. They absolutely and do. Especially the, the family of the late Jim Cooper and uh, all the other people in Mel Shell for their pretend grey ghost. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you mind me calling it that, Nick. <laughs> no, no, I'll tell you what, she uh, she's a piece of gear, that thing. And, yeah, and, yeah. And I was lucky enough to meet the fellows that brought that up and there's a story there and I'm going to interview those fellows. It was had a pretty wild time getting that thing to the museum. So are they, they due for an Order of Australian Medal or something? Like the, It is an echo. The, they're due for something. They're certainly... They're certainly due for a beer. Yeah, I think I think Nick took care of that. I think they did too. Yeah, yeah. I was deeply honoured to be uh, a part of the whole thing out there and it's really not until you get out there and you walk around and you read some of that stuff on the wall and see some of the history that you realise the magnitude of what it is that's being preserved out there. So much to see. So much to see. And you, you said to me that you regard it as a sacred place and I, I do. sort of thought that maybe that was burned a bit hyperbolic, but it's not. It's when you, <laughs> it's when you get out and you see what's gone before us and as I said we, we, we are standing on the shoulders of giants when we're looking yeah, back at what's yeah, going on yeah. some of them aren't real tall either but there's still giants of men yes. and, and women too you know women recognised out there too and there's some recognition there some ladies amongst the inductees yesterday and it was great to see there were and uh, some of the posthumous awards that were yeah uh, they bring were, a tear to your eye mate they do mate and yeah. the emotion the level of emotion and, and the look on some of the guys faces when yeah. they're getting that medallion yeah. Um, yeah, well, I went through that in 2018 and uh, I was weak at the knees. I didn't know how I was going yeah. to walk from where I was sitting to the dice. I reckon they've got to do something about that step, mate. It's a bit of Yeah, a... yeah, <laughs> I, I think they needed um, some sort of an elevator or... Yeah, anyway. Yeah, I don't know, we'll uh, worry about Well, the thing is, you've got to be up to oh, yeah. for the audience to see and um, it's yeah, a bit of a rock and a hard place job, that one. It is. But no, look... Nick and Rex and the, all the volunteers and the, yes. and the supporters, they all deserve a huge round of applause. They do. For what's the caterers as well. Oh, yeah, for what's been a fabulous weekend. The gala dinner last night in the Kenworth Hall was absolutely fantastic. Yeah. I had a great time, had a good feed and a few beers and heard some funny stories. And uh, old Primo with his salami under the seat, that cracked me up. <laughs> There's a story there, and we'll talk about that later yeah, as that, well. That's just about write a book with that one. I'll tell you what. <laughs> Mate, thanks for inviting me out, as I've said, and giving me the opportunity to meet some of these people. I'll have to see you out here again next year. Yeah, I'll be here, Mike, if I'm still on the planet. You'll be right, yeah, mate. I'll yeah. be bringing you out with a walker. Okay, I promise myself to be out here every year till I can't. So uh, <laughs> I hope there's a few more years left in that because it's something I just look forward to every year. And yeah. uh, I always say that I'm coming to Alice to see what surprises await. Yeah. And this year was no exception. Right, mate. Well, we'll see you next year if I don't see you before. Anyway. Yeah, well, it was a nice surprise having you and Rose here too, mate, <laughs> regardless of whether I hounded you or encouraged you, as you keep saying. <laughs> but, um, no, it's it's good. And, and it's good that... Uh, more people are going to hear about the place with your involvement. That's much appreciated. We'll do our best, mate. Take care of yourself. Drive okay, safe. Mate. <laughs> Good on you. There's nothing more devastating for a truck operator than to be involved in a serious road incident. 
We've all seen the impact of heavy vehicle accidents and at these times, when people are most vulnerable, it's critical that they have immediate support from a strong, stable, reliable and experienced organisation. NTI is Australia's number one truck insurer, the specialist you can count on to protect your transport and logistics assets, with the know-how to take control of the situation and the capability to reduce lost income by getting trucks back on the road again as soon as possible. Specialist products, experienced people, accredited repair and recovery networks and industry advocacy is what we do. It's our specialty and we've been doing it for more than 45 years. For more information, visit the website at nti.com.au or go to the NTI Facebook page. Kermie here from Trucking with Kermie. I listen to On the Road podcasts every week on the Australian Big Rigs Road Show. And when that's done, you might like to pop over to Trucking with Kermie on Facebook for my take on trucking and the people who make the industry what it is. Catch you over there, and in the meantime, take care of you. Back in December last year, we spoke with Jason Resch from the band Darlinghurst and introduced you to a band that brings together fantastic musicianship, brilliant harmonies and a great sense of fun. They're truly a fresh sound in a music scene where there's very little originality these days and in the nine months since we last spoke, the band have been flat out touring and recording new material. We thought it was about time we caught up with Jason to find out what's been happening with Darlinghurst and to hear their latest new single just released in the last few days. So here's the chat I had with Jason earlier in the week. G'day Jason, welcome back to On The Road. Thanks Andy, thanks for having me back. Mate, you know, time flies when you're having fun. Would you believe it's been nine months since we last chatted with you on the podcast? Well, I guess I'd like to say, no, I can't believe it because I thought, you know, with all the things going on and all of us get back out there again it's just sort of time's just gone quick it's sort of flown by i guess oh mate it has indeed so what's darlinghurst been up to since the last time we spoke in december last year we've been hitting the road really so we've just been doing a ton of shows and we've sort of been starting doing it also with a full live band now which has been super exciting that's been something that we've been wanting to do for a long time yeah so but yeah the time is right to do it and we just came back from shows in Gimpy Muster and also Gladstone and Manly. So, yeah. yeah, we've done quite a bit in the last few days. Yeah, well, you're probably just wanting to have a nap about now. I'm probably sleeping as it is right now. So, <laughs> <There you go. laughs> oh, Well, I'll run this past you later on and you can check and make sure it all makes sense. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Mate, a couple of weeks ago we featured a new single from Amber Lawrence called Living for the Highlights. And it's not enough for you guys to be pumping out your own great songs. You're teaming up with other artists to record hits as well. It's a great song. Yeah, it was great for her to ask us if we'd be a part of her track and stuff like that. So, yeah, it was really, really cool mm. uh, and fun to do, you know, adding certain elements to it. So hopefully it all goes well. And, yeah, we appreciate, you know, Amber having us on board. Yeah, you can really hear the Darlinghurst touch in there too. When you know what you're listening for, you can really hear it. Oh, I guess so, yeah. We just sort of just did our thing and just try to see what we can do to just try and enhance everything in a way, I guess. Yeah, yeah we're really happy and hope she's happy with it. We joined her up on stage at Gimpy and just sort of went off, you know, so the, yeah. the three girls up the front, it was amazing. Yeah, watching Oz just on the stage playing the guitar and singing, so it was awesome. So And enjoying it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Mate, doing more research on Darlinghurst in a relatively short period of time, there's so much you have done, but it's shown me the incredible pedigree that runs right through the band. I only just found out that you provided those gorgeous guitar parts to Gabriella Chilmy's hit song, Sweet About Me. 
And you've done session work with a variety of artists, including as diverse as Kylie Minogue and the Pet Shop Boys. Spent time in Nashville as a session player too. All this experience of yours, along with the vast experience that Cassie Pagan and Matt all bring to the band as well. It's no wonder Darlinghurst has such a big polished sound and those harmonies. Yeah, I think the most important thing for us is we serve the music. That's the number one thing. And we put the work in as good as we can, you know. So I guess like we keep very, very busy with what we're trying to create, what we're trying to put out there. So mm. I guess our collective ways of approaching things, it's sort of worked. We haven't really assessed it in the deepest fashion yet. But, you know, it's working for us the way that we're working. Yeah. Yeah, we just want to keep doing what we're doing. Yeah, well, please do, because it is such a unique sound that you've got, and it can be so hard to pick bands and artists out of the mist sometimes because there's a lot of similarities there, but you guys have a sound that's all your own, which is great. Yeah, it is great. We feel very blessed that we've kind of found each other, and we're sort of all pretty different in a way, but somehow we just click. Mm. So, yeah, it's quite amazing. But, yeah, uh, we want to keep it going and see how we go. Like a good marriage. Now, he went on truly on the road again this year, as you were saying before, Massive tour underway with the Gimpy Music Muster. You've also got the Denny Ute Muster coming up at the end of this month and Darlinghurst has lined up to perform there alongside a host of other great acts. I wasn't really that familiar with it. What's the Denny Ute Muster all about? So Denny Ute Muster's out in Daniloquin and they, yeah, I don't know really how to explain it because <laughs> you arrive there and you see the big stage coming in, mm. but then just utes for days. Yeah. I just suggest people that don't know, just Google Denny Ute Muster and you'll know all about it. But it, we were there a couple of years ago and we had such a great time. It's a real fun time there, a real fun time. Yeah. And right around the clock, I believe, like, you know, everyone's just having a good time right around the clock. We're looking forward to going back there very much. We're going to be there with a full band. Yep. And we look forward to performing and being back there. Brilliant. Now, let's get on to your new single that's just dropped, Jason, called Hangman. What a kicking great rocker it is, too. What's the story behind this new song? The actual song, we have four different perspectives on what the song's about. Okay. But the song came about, we wrote it in a tuke. I think we're doing a rehearsal or something like that, but the song sort of came from there, really, so it came together quite quickly and then just threw it into the set list because we loved it so much and it's been there ever since. So it's a very upbeat song and... Mm. We hope people that jump on it and enjoy it. Yeah, well, you didn't give too much away there. It's interesting that you say that you've got four different perspectives on it. That's kind of unusual. Yeah, I guess so, because when we were writing it, we sort of, you know, we sort of think, oh, I wonder what this song, what's this song about? What, what is it trying to say? And we're all just, mm. maybe it's this, maybe it's this, this is what it's talking about. But you kind of just try and follow your collective instincts and just see where you end up. We invite people to come up with their own conclusions, which is what music's sort of about, really, anyways, different perspectives. Yeah, for sure. We very much enjoy playing that song. It's, it's amazing. So. Yeah, it's a great song. Now, once again, just to refresh, where do our listeners go to find your touring dates and more info on the band? So you can find us on all our you know, social media devices and services and all that. So yep. you can jump on there and on our website, darlinghurstband.com, and you can find all our information, yeah, tour dates and any updates on news and where we are next and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And just for the record too, guys, to find out who's lined up for the Denny Ute Master playing alongside Aussie legends like the Angels and Ian Moss, Jessica Mowboy and Darlinghurst, and way too many more to mention here, go to dennyutemuster.com.au and you can get the whole story there. Jason, it's time for us to have a listen to Hangman. Mate, it's been great to catch up with you again. Thanks for coming out to play on the road with us. Yeah, no, I appreciate it, Andy. Thanks so much for your support, as always. and. Yeah, looking forward to getting out there. Looking forward to Denny Utemuster. And yeah, we'll see you down the road. You will indeed. Would you please introduce your new single for us? 
Yeah, this is called Hangman, and you're listening to Darling House on the road. Cheers, Jason. Thanks, mate. Cheers, guys. Listen to On the Road on the Australian Big Rig Roadshow. You coming there, Andy? Yeah, mate, got you go. Mate, we're coming up to that level crossing we were talking about before. Looks like we're going to be stopping. Roger that. Look at the size of that thing. They tell me they take about two k's to stop. That's like 20 times the length of the MCG. Would want to be playing chicken with that. Yeah, copy that. They can't exactly swerve either, can they? They're stuck to the tracks, mate. It's not that hard to wait till it's safe to cross and make sure the road's clear on the other side. Yeah, not like that bloke last week who forgot about the length of his trailer. 
Yeah, I heard about that one. It's not really funny, though, when you think about it. Poor old train driver. Probably been having nightmares ever since. Yeah, I reckon. We're all in the same boat, really, mate. Everyone just wants to get home safe at the end of the day. Yeah, not wrong on that one. There goes the last carriage. Looks like we're safe to head off now. Thanks, Mike. Long way to go. After you, old mate. This is a message from Queensland Rail reminding us that it's important to stay alert and obey any signs and signals when approaching level crossings to help keep you and everyone else safe. For more information, go to www.qr.com.au. For all the latest industry news, go to www.bigrigs.com.au. G'day Mike, have you said your farewells to Alice yet? I have said my farewells to Alice and, and she was a lot of fun, mate. She took it okay? She did take it okay. We were getting pushed back from the terminal there and crowd were waving bye-bye. I don't know whether they were waving bye-bye because they were happy to see me go or they were sorry to see me go. They were just checking to make sure you were leaving, yeah. <laughs> That's probably true too. Yeah, it's a nice place, Alice. There's something about country towns, I like them. Yeah. You may not know this, but I grew up in a small country town myself. Did you? Mm. All right. It was so small we didn't have a town drunk, everyone just took it in turns. <laughs> Righto. And the only greeting card in the local corner shop simply said, Happy Birthday, Uncle Dad. Oh, oh no. That's it. You're barred. No more jokes. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, as you were there to experience at the Road Transport Hall of Fame in Alice Springs last weekend, 55 of Australia's trucking heroes were celebrated for their lifelong commitment to the road transport community. I'll tell you what I was, mate, and it was an awesome weekend. You know, it's hyperbolic to say, you know, this is something you really should see. But if you're in trucking... Hyperbolic? Hyperbolic, that's a big word, isn't it? Don't you have to go into a chamber of some sort if you're hyperbolic? Mate, no. Oh, dear, don't make me think about stuff like that. I'm trying to hype. That's hyperbaric. That's a hyperbaric chamber. My bad, sorry. That's for divers who get a little bit bent. Okay. This is just getting worse, isn't it? <laughs> anyway, we diverge from the news, my friend. Mm. Shall we try to remain focused at least for this little short time? Yeah, we'll, we'll have a bit of a wrap on your time in Alice a little later and something to talk about. So the 55 truckies that were lined up for their commitment to the... Well, they weren't lined up. <laughs> Sounds terrible, wasn't it? <laughs> that was celebrated. Lined up and shot for their insanity. So do you know all 55 names off the top of your head? No, I don't, but I can tell you about 30 of them, if you want to. No, I wouldn't mind betting that you could. No, mate, there were 31 from this year and there were 20-odd uh, from last year because it was only a very small celebration last year. I made a mistake of thinking there was no celebration last year. Mm. There was. It was just a COVID-curtailed celebration. They only had about 100 people there last year. One metre apart, 100 metres down the main road. Yep. That's right. All with their masks on. That's right. Yeah. But the thing's coming back and it's going to go from strength to strength, I'm sure of it. Shell Rimula have committed to stay with the program down the track, and that too is a good thing. Right. 21 years Shell have been associated with the Wall of Fame there, and that looks set to continue, and you'll hear more about that later. Cool. Nat Rhodes has said that a ministerial industry roundtable in Sydney sounds like a King Arthur thing in Camelot, doesn't it? Camelot! <laughs> we are the knights who say <laughs> it's nearly as believable yeah anyway they've said that it should tackle the driver shortage on a number of fronts yeah it should 
This week's news is the Nat Road Warren Clark news because there's a couple of issues in here. Warren has been very, very vocal on lots of things lately. Mm. And I find it wildly amusing that sometimes I've even got to agree with him these days. Really quite scary. Warren says, you'll tell the meeting that the current shortage of qualified drivers is one of road transport's most pressing problems. And I agree. I'll tell you something though, Warren, you've not got it quite right, mate. If you look at the number of licensed drivers there are compared to the number that are actually working, we don't have a driver shortage. Mm. What we have is a sensible employer shortage. Yep. It is and always has been about money. It is and always has been about conditions. It is and always has been about the way drivers are treated by their employers, by the community in general, and by the enforcement authorities. And I would say to the round table, had I had the opportunity, it's always about the money, the conditions, and the rates. Always has been, always will be. Mm. They can talk as much as they like about it. The likes of Nat Road, the ATA, the VTA, all these other groups, they don't represent what drivers need mm. or what drivers even want. Mm. They represent what employers want. What employers want is they want blokes to sit in the seat silently and do whatever their damn well told. Yep. Funnily enough, and you know, I've said it before, I'll say it again, and I know I'm right. No one's argued with me. No one's telling me I'm wrong. But there are companies out there, like the one that I work for, that treat their drivers well, pay their drivers properly, and give them good equipment to operate. They don't experience problems with driver retention and recruitment. Simple as that. Mm. Anyone else can do the maths. Fair call. The old international truck that had a starring role in the Crocodile Dundee movie has been taken from its usual spot outside the Walkabout Hotel in McKinlay to undergo some repairs. Mate, it has. It always comes as a great surprise to people when they discover that the Walkabout pub does actually exist. Mm. It's a real place. And that the truck was real. The character Wally was played by John Mellion. Oh, yep. He played the part of Wally, and you know, he's a bit of a grifter and a bit of a... Bit of a Wally. Bit of a con man, the old, the old Wally. Mm. But the truck's been taken away, and they're going to do a bit of a refurb on it. If you go to the bigrigs.com.au webpage, you can see there they've got the thing sitting out in front of the pub there, and it looks a little bit secondhand. Yep. Apparently, we're going to take it away, and I don't know whether they're going to return it to their former glory or whether they're going to just maybe tidy it up a little bit so you can sit on the seat without falling through the truck bed. Now, I hope they do it up. Yeah. It's a great old truck. They should send it off to the same people that did all the work on Paul Hogan. They did a pretty good job, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Most iconic line in a film, that, you know, that's not a knife. That's not a knife. That's a knife. Oh, I love that. <laughs> well, that and... I'll have what she's having. That, too. Mm. That was a famous line. I feel the need, the need for speed. Mm. The need for speed. <laughs> anyway... And from the yet another way to take money off its citizens stories from Queensland, Mark Bailey, the Minister for Transport, has announced that anyone who fails to move over and slow down when passing emergency roadside workers will face a $431 fine and lose three demerit points. You're getting a little bit cynical about these fines in Queensland, aren't you? Well, it seems to be popping up every week. There's something new. Yep. I wonder about this one, you know, because... Look, we all agree that everyone needs a safe place to work and anyone with any common sense slows down when they see the disco lights on and mm. tries to give people a little bit of room. Of course. My question is this, though. How is it going to be enforced? 
we're going to have a camera situation where there's a picture of you take you know, driving past too fast. Is every RACV car an emergency vehicle going to have a radar mounted to it? Or uh, is everyone just going to sit there with a police car behind them waiting to book someone? Or is it just going to be on the informed guess of the operator saying, well, I think he was going too fast and therefore he needs a fine? Well, maybe they're going to fit up all these emergency workers with 360-degree body cams or something so they can catch them. Maybe. Yeah. I shouldn't give them ideas, should I? <laughs> you know, you shouldn't give them ideas. Scrub that. Yeah. But the thing that I find interesting about this story is not the need for it, not the fact that they're going to do a fine situation, not the fact that there's going to be uh, some demerit points or anything like that involved. What I find interesting about it is it's just one of these feel-good things. Yes, we're doing something about it. You know, yes, we'll pay the penalty if we can ever catch you. Mm. Unless you do it to a police car, I doubt that you've got much chance of getting into trouble. And I don't want to sound cynical, but what's the point of having a law that's not enforced? Yep. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Go Queensland, find your drivers as much as you like. I don't really care. Thanks, mate. <laughs> it's okay. You choose to live up there. Yeah. Let's be sensible. <laughs> Talabudgera. Talabudgera. Was that right? Yeah, that's how it's pronounced, but I don't live there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was just proving I can speak Queenslander. Now, for the next one, mate, I want you to sit down and take a deep breath before addressing this. Okay. The truck driver who struck and killed four police officers on Melbourne Eastern Freeway has had his prison sentence reduced following a successful appeal. Now, just take it carefully, mate. Should I count to ten? Yeah, if it helps. I think I shall. Mm. Uh, where do you start with this? The problem with it is, as he said, that his sentence was manifestly excessive. I'd take a 180-degree opposing view to that anyway. Short story is his sentence has been reduced by three and a half years. Mm. He will now be required to spend a minimum of 18 years and six months in hospital. In hospital. <laughs> it would be if you got near him. <laughs> Was that a Freudian slip? Oh, I think so. Uh, he'll spend a minimum of 18 years and six months in prison for his actions on the day. And this is only after he's promised to provide evidence against his former employer, Simeona Totiro. Now, Call me cynical, but it just seems to me like the enforcement agency has decided to give this bloke a break to throw someone else under the bus. Mm. I hate it. Mm. And I don't use the word hate lightly. This disgusts me on every level. Let's leave it there, mate, before I just have a meltdown. We don't need it. Probably a good idea, mate, because I've got a feeling you're going to go a bit ballistic on the next one too. Oh, <laughs> Proposal to ban pre-2003 diesel trucks from Sydney and Melbourne streets by 2025 would devastate the heavy vehicle industry, according to Nat Road. It will. Warren Clark is right about this. Mm. The scary part about this is that I have to agree with Nat Road CEO Warren Clark. The idea of banning trucks from the capital cities is completely bonkers. There is no market for any of the electric and hydrogen trucks at the moment. There's no market and there's no infrastructure to support it at the moment. You can't get hydrogen at the pump. We're just not ready for it. Mm. We really do need to start thinking about what we're doing and, and be a little bit pragmatic. The truck is not the enemy. I mean, how many times we drive down the road and we see the, uh, you know, the diesel ute with the black smoke pouring out of the back of it? Now, I'm not saying they're the ones either. But we've got no subsidies in place for any of the more fuel-efficient vehicles. The rates don't support the companies buying these vehicles. Mm. If they can't afford to buy them and they can't afford to pay their drivers, it's back like we're back to the first story. Yep. It's just a whole great big circle. Now, Clark said that the 
Grattan Institute was vocal in seeking a move to trucks with wider dimensions, but they don't fit on the roads either. We can't just go around with all these knee-jerk things. Containers are a specific size for a reason. Hmm. We use them all around the world. They're 20 feet long, 40 feet long, and they're the size they are because everyone used the same size. Yep. You can put them on a truck here in Australia, China, anywhere in the world, they're all the same. If you take the extension of what these guys are saying down the road, we're looking at going off in our own path. Now, we're a population under the size of California. Do you think it's wise for us to go off on our own path, really? Mm. There's no charging stations for electric trucks. Uh, compared to filling with diesel, for example, it's just not workable. The whole situation is not workable. That's not to say it won't be workable in the future. We need to work towards meeting these targets. And look, I, am, I don't have a problem with electric vehicles. As you know, I've been a bit of a champion of the Janus system, for example. But we really do need to start considering what's sensible and what's realistic before we start going down these off-tangent paths with different things. Yep. Did that make sense? Yeah, might have to have some roundtable discussions on that one. Have a lot. <laughs> Maybe we should. Yeah. A few roundtable discussions could sort out a lot of things. It just depends on how round the table is, mate. Yeah, and how long the discussions go for before anything happens. And how robust they are. Indeed. There are some fellows that could stand a robust conversation behind the bike shed. Let's just leave that one right there. Mm. Mate, staying on the theme of small country towns, the thought for the week. Yep. If you grow up in the city, people have high expectations of you. Yes. When you grow up in a country town, they just expect you to leave school and get married. <laughs> yeah. Mm. I don't know where you find these things, mate, but they're always thought-provoking to me. Yeah. You know, I suppose that's the idea of it, isn't it? Well, that's what I try to achieve, yes. Is it sort of trucky philosophy we're on about? Uh, I, I don't know if it's really that deep, to be honest, but yeah. Uh, anyway. I met a guy in Alice Springs. He was a, a hire car driver, and I was driving around with him, and I, I did a few trips backwards and forwards to the Hall of Fame with him, and he's sort of writing a book, and he's a bit of a taxi driver philosopher. Mm. And he said to me that people are head people or gut people, and they think about things in different ways. and he explained that theory to me. At the end of the time, I thought he was right. Mm. And then he said, no matter what happens, you've just got to learn to accept it. And I said, oh, okay. So, But what happens if you can't accept whatever it is? He said, well, then you've got to learn to accept that you can't accept it. Yeah. <laughs> you can't win. Yep. Anyway, there you go. That's it. All right, mate. All right, buddy. Take care. See you in the soup. On the Road News is brought to you by Big Rigs, Australia's national road transport newspaper. This is Gina Jeffrey, And I'm Tanya Kernigan. And you're listening to On the Road with Mike and Andy. <laughs> Line number one, you're supposed to have it all together. And when they ask how you're doing, just smile and tell them, never better. We just wanted to stop by for a moment and say, g'day, how are you? No, I mean, how are you, Really? Physical and mental health is a significant issue for the Australian road transport and logistics industries. Risk factors like long hours, workplace isolation, pressure to meet deadline deliveries and the need for continual alertness all contribute to making us vulnerable to physical and mental health issues. As much as it might feel that way sometimes, you are not alone. There are some incredible people and organisations in our industry whose sole focus is on helping you to stay healthy in body, mind and spirit. All these numbers and addresses are listed on our website at ontheroadpodcast.com.au. Take care of yourselves. 
We really just want to see everyone get home safe and well. Last weekend, the 26th to 28th of August, saw a huge number of truckies, families and friends head to Alice Springs and to the National Transport Museum for the annual Festival of Transport and the induction to the Shell Rimula Wall of Fame of 31 inductees for the 2022 year. We watched them collect their medallions. There was another 24 held over from the small ceremony that was held last year. There's some well-known names and some not so well-known, but equally deserving there to receive their awards. There are several posthumous inductions as well. The Road Transport Hall of Fame has been through a, a bit of a rocky period over the last several years. Obviously, COVID has affected visitor numbers just as with any other venue. Changes to the management team and concerns over the financial future of the museum have raised questions about the continued viability of the site. But it seems we can be reassured that the Road Transport Hall of Fame has a strong future. Rex Mooney and Nick Pruss have worked diligently to ensure that their place has a future. In addition, the Alice Springs RSL military collection is now housed there and the GAN railway exhibits are also taking pride of place. So there's a lot going on there in the future. And the interview that you'll hear I did with Nick Pruss will sort of tell you basically what's going on there. Shell have committed to continue to highlight the contributions of those important members of our community that have been nominated to the Hall of Fame. Over 1,700 members of the road transport community have been honoured there. 2022 has been a roaring success. For me, the highlight was to sit around the table and have dinner with a few of the guys that are already inducted. I had a great time listening to some of the stories, a lot of laughs. The gala dinner was just spectacular. I reckon there was a couple of million kilometres covered around the tables. There were certainly a few gears grabbed, that's for sure. I suppose a huge thank you is due to the donors for the new additions to the inventory out there. The magnificent Mac that was brought there by Highland Haulage from Tasmania in the Lloyd's North colours in honour of Bonza Bonnie was just absolutely spectacular. The thing was better than it rolled off the showroom floor. The Gilbert 650 that's there, magnificent once again. At the end of the Hall of Fame induction ceremony, they raised the Rollador up and there's four new additions there. So there's Shell's version of the Grey Ghost, which is an echo, used to run around and repair service station pumps and things like that of a night time. Pieces of real Australian transport history. You know, everyone says it's worth a trip to go somewhere and have a look, but I've been in the transport game a long, long time. And for me to go out there and just stand there and look around and see what's there and you know, get a grip of what some of it actually means to the people that put it there, but also to what it means to the growth and development of our country and the contribution that we've made in transport. It's really a humbling experience. I'd encourage anyone to go out there for the Hall of Fame induction and just be a part of it, just witness the achievement and the work of some of those that are there. We're taking out the show this week with a new single from the amazing Brisbane band Halfway. The song's taken from their new album, soon to be released, called On the Ghost Line with Hands of Lightning. Here's Halfway with 1994.
That's the show for another week. Thanks for coming along for the ride. On the Road is proudly brought to you by NTI, Australia's leading transport and logistics insurer. Visit the website at nti.com.au. And Queensland Rail, committed to improving safety through engineering, innovation and education. For more information, go to www.qr.com.au. Be sure to join us again next week when Mike says... Worry about that if it happens. And he says... Buddy, you're all right with all that? And our guest says, "Yeah, it's a yeah, it's a good um yeah." <laughs> Until then, play nice with each other, and most of all, stay safe out there. Bye for now. Bye bye. The team here at On the Road believe in the right to free speech, and whilst we might not always be in agreement with the views of our guests and contributors, we support their right to hold and express those opinions. Tonight.